It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football guru, football fanatic. Got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can get him on X at Dave underscore Essler. Also have NFL professional better Steve Reeder in the house. You guys can get him at Avoid the Vig. Make sure you guys check us out at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL week number 15. Uh, getting to the nitty-gritty here. Playoffs are on the horizon. Myself, Uncle Dave, Steve, we're going to go ahead and we'll break down the four big games for you guys. We'll also go ahead and we'll get into our player prop contest. Uh, Uncle Dave will go ahead and give you guys the weather. Steve will give you the injuries. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll do our betting predator parlay, our three agreed pick. And, of course, we'll go ahead and give you guys the sheep's pick of the week. Uncle Dave, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start out with you this week. We're going to go ahead. We're going to start out with a Saturday game, Denver at Detroit. Detroit minus four and a half, total 47 and a half. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I look back in the summer line, it was Detroit minus two. And now I can get uh, Denver plus four. I mean, I imagine that early number was based on Denver's expectations with, with Sean Payton right in that ship. And, you know, they're finally kind of playing to that level. And yet I can get plus four now. So for me, you know, it's, it's not about the Broncos offense, but their defense over the last three games, they're fourth in points allowed. And the Lions defense has kind of fallen apart over that span. They're, they're 25th and they're allowing over 28 points per game. And they once allowed the Panthers to score 24. I mean, it's not that I don't trust Goff. I mean, half of his interceptions were against the Bears this year. Um, You know, I wanted to take Denver. I wanted somebody to talk me out of it, Um, but nobody has yet. So I'm going to take the Broncos here plus the four points. All right, Uncle Dave can go ahead and grab the four points. I do see some four and a halves out there, Uncle Dave. So not sure if you see those, but if you do, obviously you want to grab that four and a half points there uh, with the Broncos. I kind of like the over in this one there, Uncle Dave. I think Detroit can score, but I do think that their defense is flawed. Uh, at times, they, they kind of show up. It's like, oh, this defense could be pretty good. But I think overall, when facing at least a, an, an offense that could put points up, and I know Denver has struggled you know, in the past, but I think the Denver offense is pretty good. Not necessarily sure if their defense can go ahead and hold down Detroit. 47.5 feels like, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's too low. I mean, it feels kind of fair, but I could see both of these teams getting in the upper to mid-20s, maybe like a 27-24 type game, so... 47 and a half just feels a little bit too low for me. So I kind of like the over in that one. As far as the side, I do lean with you there, Uncle Dave, to Denver. I know Detroit has looked rather blah uh, in some games most recently. And I think Denver is just, they have something that they haven't had in like a season and a half. And that's, you know, motivation. Like there there hasn't been anything to play for for that team uh, because they've been pretty bad. But I think the fact that Denver is actually playing well, they got something to play for. Um, that you're, I, there's no way that they lay an egg in this game. I think that's the easy way for me to say it. So lean with you with Denver. Do like the over in that one. How about you, Steve? How you feel about that game? Yeah, on the other side uh, of this, uh, you know, and part of it is, you know, Detroit has looked pretty pedestrian recently. Uh, you know, they, they lost to Chicago. They lost to Green Bay two of the last three weeks. You know, and they were barely, barely able to sneak out a, a win at New Orleans, who has not looked good this season. So. 
you know, there's so so much bloom was on the rose early in the season, and, and it's definitely dropped off. But it's to the point now where I do think we have a little bit of value. And to Dave's point, I guess, you know, early in the year, uh, the line was better, and now it's it's worse, I guess, right? I'm laying four instead of the two points like Dave mentioned for the summer line. But, you know, a lot has changed, and, and Goff hasn't been playing well. He's been throwing some interceptions. Um but this is a spot where I don't think that Detroit needs him to throw the ball all over the place. You know, you're able to run on Denver. And, you know, frankly, Detroit has two great running backs in the backfield, and they have no problem running the ball. In fact, they want to lean on that offensive line that's one of the best in the league. So uh, from my perspective, I do think uh, Detroit does have an advantage. And frankly, on, on the flip side of things, uh, you know, Denver doesn't really want to do much on, on offense. They they want to be ball controlled, um, hand the ball off, not put Russell Wilson in spots where he's going to turn the ball over or make poor plays. Um, so I think with that conservative game plan, it's not like they're going to get out to a huge lead that Detroit is going to be forced to pass the ball. So with that kind of game state, you know, I know four is not ideal. Obviously, you'd much rather lay three here. Um, because I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout. You know, I don't think Detroit's going to win by two touchdowns or something like that. But I do think four points is is the maximum I would lay here. And I like Detroit minus the four. All right, so Steve's going to go ahead and be on the opposite side. He's going to take the Lions there minus the four points. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into our next game here. We got the Jets at Miami. Current line of this game, Miami minus eight and a half. And we have a total of 37. I guess I'll go ahead and start out um, last week. My player props went down. Our three-team betting predator parlay went down. Uncle Dave hit his two picks, and I went ahead. I threw Tyreek Hill in there, and uh, he ends up getting hurt, rolling his ankle. I mean, he probably played, like, what, like 40% of that game. I I really think if he played that entire game, we go ahead. You know, we go 2-0 in our props, and we hit our first three-team betting predator parlay, but uh, no dice with that. So this line indicates to me the fact that Miami's minus 8.5 right now that they are worried that Tyreek Hill may may not play in this game, and the total has come all the way down to 37. I like the over in this one. I think if you are the New York Jets, if it's not broke, then don't touch it. The Jets went out, and they scored a bunch of points in their last game. Zach Wilson looked really good throwing the football. I think offensively for the Jets, that was the best that they looked on offense all year long. So why try to go into Miami and try to go out there and, and just throw a big monkey wrench into what you had success with last week. So I see the Jets looking to go ahead and throw here. And I know Miami will struggle if Tyree Kill's not on the on the football field, but I think Miami will be able to go ahead and put up points. Like 37 just seems really, really low. Um, so overreaction, I think, maybe to the Tyree Kill injury news and the fact that it is the Jets. But I'm almost confident, I'm almost sure that the Jets will be throwing uh, early and often, I think all game long. So I like the over 37 here. That's where I'm at for that game. How about you, Steve? Yeah, this is uh, certainly a weather game that Dave's going to be talking about, which is, you know, with the Tyreek news, the reason why the under has been hit, you know, coming down to 37 is pretty low. I think it's moved almost four points since open here. And, you know, seeing last week, there was a lot of money early in the week on these unders because of weather concerns. And come Sunday, you know, it didn't materialize and there was value in the over. So, you know, to your point at 37, maybe this is a bridge too far. Is there too much action that has gone uh, south with that total? Is it time to buy back? You know, for me personally, I'm probably going to wait on that, see what the weather report is. You know, 
uh, I believe this morning, uh, one of the the big uh, Twitter guys, Kevin Roth, I, I think tweeted out that it's going to be 20 mile an hour winds, gusts of 30, um, and he's fairly reliable. So if that is the case, that's probably not a total that I'm going to be jumping at the over. But, you know, these weather reports this early in the week, it can't totally be trusted. I, you know, if you want to act a little bit and then hedge back later or something to that effect, you know, I wouldn't blame you for that. But, you know, getting to the game, you know, Zach Wilson obviously played much better this past week, but this is not a quarterback that you trust. I mean, I, I trust his season-long sample size over just one week. And Miami's defense, you know, it's not one of the best in the league, but Fangio has got them playing extremely well, and they're going to be get, getting better as the season progresses here. So um, I, I do think the Jets are going to have a difficult time moving the ball. And if they look to throw the ball early and often, I think that's actually a disadvantage to the Jets here. I think that's going to be a turnover city all day long, and Miami should be able to capitalize. Uh, but we haven't seen Miami to have that that big uh, boom potential that you've seen on offense, you know, putting up 70 points early in the year. They haven't been able to move the ball as effectively, um, maybe being at home, maybe being on that turf that they are familiar with. They're going to be able to take advantage of that. But the Jets defense has been uh, very good to put to the test. You know, I really don't have any action right now in the game. I have not played in a teaser, which is in that teaser zone that I like to hit up, um, mainly because of the injury concerns, because of what Miami has shown recently, and certainly that weather concern as well. All right, good handicap there from Steve. How are you feeling about that game? How are you feeling about that game there, Uncle Dave? Well, um, it was funny that Steve mentioned Roth. Um, You know, I don't follow him. I know a million people do, but I see his tweets now and then. All all he's doing is regurgitating stuff that's like on several of the weather apps. It's kind of comical, but, um, you know, so be it. Um, Just I won't throw him under the bus, but, I mean, it just shows you kind of to me how people think that's such a you know, Einstein type stuff, but uh, back to this game, you know, I'm still mad at the Jets. I had the under and it was scoreless at halftime last week. So um, are they the real deal? I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb to say no, but you know, that defense held Houston to one for 15 on third and fourth downs uh, and 135 yards. I mean, that was Houston and this is the Dolphins, but you know, the Dolphins without Tyreek or even with Tyreek, I mean, the Dolphins have no choice but to take them seriously now. Uh, you know, now that the number one seed might be gone, but, you know, the Dolphins' schedule um, going forward, they have Dallas on Christmas Eve and Baltimore on the road and and then Buffalo. So, you know, they don't have, you know, people kind of were anointing them, you know, the number one seed, and I I don't know about that. I mean, I know McDaniels won't be looking past them, but getting the players to buy is another story, especially if they have to retool their offense without Hill. Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, the Jets at least have some confidence going down there. They got a couple touchdowns when these guys met in New York earlier. Um, a division game is tough, tough, tough to lay those points, and and I'm just not going to do that. Um, but I think I think with the New York defense, um, you you can. Uh, but you know, I think what I'm going to do here, let's cut to the chase. I I'm going to look at the Miami team total. Uh, I would have taken the over sleepy. I would be with you, um, but with that total dropping, I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins team total under. Um, I read that if Tyreek Hill plays, but then again, uh, the Jets defense is that good. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Dolphins team total under. All right. So Uncle Dave going to go with the Dolphins team total under. Let's jump to probably one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game uh, this NFL Sunday. We got Dallas. They're going to be on the road in Buffalo. Buffalo right now minus two. And we have a total of 50 and a half. Uncle Dave going to kick it right back to you. 
Cowboys, Bills. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was the fool that thought the Eagles had a chance last week and the Chiefs would take care of business. So, you know, this might not be my game of strength. I mean, I, I know the Bills were kind of handed that game by Kadarius Toney, um, but they went into Kansas City and won a game they had to. And, you know, I was starting to believe Dallas is for real. Uh, and if the 49ers stumbled, Dallas could have the number one seed, at worst, number two. Um, but with the expanded format, only the number one seed has the bye. So, you know, I mean, the Dolphins, I mean, the uh, Dallas is in Miami next week. So, you know, to me, it's not likely they win them both. And I think which one or both do they lose? Um, I don't know about Buffalo, based on everything except last week, um, probably shouldn't be favored. Um, and again, they were handed last week. I, I don't think the Bills offense has really woken up at all here. I mean, Dallas has. So I'm going to I'm going to do the derivative thing. I'm going to bet the Cowboys team total over. Um, I don't I don't trust the Bills defense. Dallas has too many weapons. They've scored 33 or more in six of their last seven games. And, you know, honestly, I don't see how they don't get that here. The weather's not going to be all that bad from what I can tell. So I'll go with the Dallas team total over. All right, Uncle Dave going to be in support of the Cowboys here. Team total over. How about you, Steve? How do you see that game? Yeah, for such a big game uh, of the week, maybe the biggest game of the week, I wish I had more to say about it and I have more feelings on it. You know, uh, the number came out probably a little bit more expensive than I thought. Um, you know, Buffalo minus one seemed about right to me. You know, with Dallas, you know, coming off that huge win, is it a letdown spot now? They get the division rivals of the Eagles. They dominate them. You know, everybody watches the game. They're feeling good about themselves They're in the driver's seat. And we've seen this a lot through the season where a team has a big emotional win against a division rival or, you know, somebody in the conference they may play in the playoffs and, and they kind of lay an egg the following week. You know, it, they're, they're kind of set up here for that kind of spot, especially with Buffalo with their back against the wall. You know, I know they won last week too, but frankly, they can't afford losses right now to stay in this uh, highly contested uh, AFC playoff picture. So, you know, if you're talking about a team that needs to win, it's Buffalo, it's not Dallas. And, and under those circumstances, you obviously want to lean to Buffalo. You know, uh, it's Dave, you, you mentioned the team total over for Dallas, and there's good reason. Buffalo on that back end, uh, the secondary is banged up a little bit, so they could be a little susceptible there. Uh, but on the flip side with with Josh Allen, you know, Dallas is able to rush the passer so well. But Josh, Josh Allen is able to move in the pocket. So when that pressure is coming, can he counteract that and actually make them pay for overcommitting? You know, with Parsons coming hard off the edge, he could step up in that pocket, throw the ball down the field, or take off for 10 yards. Um, so this is a spot where it's a high-leverage situation for Buffalo, looking at his over-yardage team to uh, – yardage Rushing yards uh, seems like a a worthwhile play there, um, and if I had to, although it's it's a it's a high total right now in a season with low low game outcomes, um, I still probably lean to the over on the game. Um, and if I had to bet a side, I would bet Buffalo, but I have zero conviction and I have not played anything on this game. Full disclosure. All right, so Steve, going to go ahead and take a look at passing that one. Uh, for me, I like Dallas in this game. I think that they're just a better football team. Um, has has Buffalo really shown us anything at home this year? You know that they can be trusted. And I think last week was um, it was one of those situations where if you were a Cowboy fan or or even you know a Giants fan or or Eagles fan or Washington fan, you kind of know that Dallas overtook the division just by beating the Eagles the way that they did. And I think that Dallas right now that they they understand like they're in control of this division right now not necessarily control the NFC. 
as a whole because they have the tiebreaker there with San Fran. But I think Dallas likes where they're at right now, and they don't want to go ahead and they don't want to give that up. So I think Dallas is, is going to come in here super motivated. I know that they beat the Eagles, but I think that this Dallas team has um, a little bit of like a bigger picture type vision right now because this is a situation that you know this team hasn't been in in quite, quite some time. So uh, I think Dallas comes in here motivated. I think they are the better team. And like Steve was talking about, you know, it's kind of like another must-win game for Buffalo. After a while, that kind of does wear on you. Like you need to have like must-win game, must-win game, and you got to win them like both. And you got to you got to get out of that must-win situation. At some point, I think the Bills are going to just let down and, and be flat. And Josh Allen, you know, is going to go out there and make mistakes. And you can't make mistakes against Dallas uh, uh, when they're when their defense is on the field because they turn turnovers into points. So. I'm against the Bills here. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be against the Bills here. So give me Dallas plus the two. I think Dallas wins this game outright. Uh, I don't really think we need the two points. The Dallas offense is just its just too good. And like Uncle Dave was saying, you know, he likes Dallas team total over. I, I'd be with him with that one. The Dallas offense is just cooking uh, with fire right now. So I like Dallas. I'll take them uh, plus the two on the money line. No problem with that. Let's go. Let's jump over to our final game here. We got Baltimore at Jacksonville. Current line in this game, Jacksonville at home plus three and a half. And we have a total of 42 and a half. Uncle Dave, throw it to you first. Ravens, Jaguars. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore beat the Rams, but that previously great scoring defense, they allowed 31 points and it, it took OT to do it. Yeah, a win is a win, but it wasn't dominant. And then the Jaguars lose to Cleveland. What was troubling in that game was Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Aside from his interceptions, which were all bad throws, he just didn't look like he was playing on two good wheels. And I don't know whether a week helps his ankles recovery or if playing last week just kind of prolonged it. Um, they've lost two games, and now they're kind of in a must-win situation. Having gone from a potential number one seed to having only a one-game lead over two teams in their own division. I mean, the Jaguars are talented, but it just hasn't translated into being a team that you can trust from week to week. And what bothers me um, is they've given up 65 points the last couple of weeks, and now they face a pretty mobile quarterback. And I go back to when the, the Chiefs came to Jacksonville in week two, and everyone gave Jacksonville a chance against a mobile Mahomes. Now, they, they held the Chiefs kind of in check, and that was back, you know, right after the Chiefs lost to the Lions, and oh, my God, but they still lost. But I think they're going to lose to the Ravens. I mean, Baltimore is just, I think, better suited to play in bigger games right now uh, with or without Mark Andrews. For me, I know taking the three and a half at home is super tempting, but I can't do it. Um, I like the Ravens. All right, Uncle Dave, going to go ahead and side with the Ravens here. I'd be with you here, Uncle Dave, and I think this is pretty simple for me. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be completely healthy, and I agree with you 100%. I don't think that Jacksonville is ready for these type of games right now. And look, this this is going to be a game where, hey, if they win this one, you know, we, we can't say that there, Uncle Dave, and I'm sure you would agree, but it feels like when Jacksonville really needs to step up, they need to get a win, uh, they need to overcome some type of adversity and beat a good team in kind of a big game, that they fall flat. And we've seen that a couple times this year out of this Jacksonville team. As far as Baltimore is concerned, I mean, they, they could figure it out. I mean, it's not like this team hasn't been in these positions before. Uh, you know, a player goes down like a Mark Andrews or something like that, like, Lamar Jackson's going to go out there and do his thing, and that team's been figuring that out all year long. So I'd be with you. I would go ahead. I would lay the three and a half points, and I know it. it's not a number that we like to lay, 
but it, it's kind of concerning the fact that the Jags are getting plus three and a half here at home. It feels like they want the Jaguar money, and, and I'm not willing to go ahead and give it to them here. So I'm with you there, Uncle Dave. I, I would go ahead and take the Ravens here. How about you, Steve? What do you think? Yeah, I'm in the same vein as you guys. Uh, you know, looking at it, you know, you're, you're three and a half, and, and Jaguars are home. You think that's a lot. But I look at my power ratings, it says that they're supposed to get four. And now I see some of the markets, some of the, um, you know, recreational books are at three, I, you know. You can get three minus fifteen at MGM, three minus twelve at DK and, and Superbook Lane, three minus twenty. So um, there are threes on the board, and, and that's tempting to me. Um, I have not played it to this point, but that is certainly something uh, that is under consideration. You know, frankly, like you both said, you know, how do you trust the Jaguars right now? Uh, you know, with Lawrence's injury, he looked good early in the year, but that defense is just not right at the moment. They're giving up a ton of points. You know, Baltimore has been playing extremely well. They had a letdown spot last week, had to push it to overtime and still won the game. So, you know, I don't think it's a, a flat spot for the Ravens. And frankly, they're in the driver's seat in that AFC if they continue to win. Um, they're probably going to get that first round by, you know, they're going to be the first seed there. So there's a lot on the line. I, I trust Harbaugh a lot more than I, I do um, anybody in the Jacksonville organization. Um, and, and frankly, Lamar Jackson is healthier, has better playmakers around him uh, than the Jaguars do. So, you know, laying three points on the road is never something that's easy to do. Uh, but frankly, it's something I think I'm going to need to consider. Um, like I, like I said, I haven't bet it yet, but I'm really tempted right now to, to stop the podcast and pause it to, to go bet it. So that might be something I do right after this is done. All right. Good stuff from Steve on that one. So that'll wrap up our four big games there. Let's go ahead and let's jump into our player prop contest. Last week, old Sleepy here, uh, 0-2. Uncle Dave went ahead. He split his picks and Steve was off. Steve took the week off and he ended up making up ground and Uncle Dave made up some ground on me. So I think I'm up by two games there on Uncle Dave and a couple more there on Steve. But overall on the year, uh, I believe we're 36 and 39. So now showing a losing record. Hopefully we'll go ahead and have a good week. At least get back to 500. Uh, player prop contest. All good. I'll start out with my picks there this week. You guys can go ahead and think about what you guys like. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengal game. And I'm going to go ahead and play Nick Mullins under 238 and a half passing yards. This kid hasn't really played much all year long. And now all of a sudden you're going to whip him in here on the road in a game where you know the Bengals defense is going to show up. I know Cincinnati's defense hasn't been uh, really anything better than average to below average this year. And even in some games, uh, quite bad. But the Bengals have life. They have a chance to go ahead and make the playoffs here. And I think if there's a unit that I can go ahead and depend on out of all the units, it's probably the unit that's been together the longest here on the field. Uh, and it's it's going to be the Bengals here. And I'll go ahead and I'll play Nick Mullins under his passing attempts of 35 and a half. Minnesota's in a weird position too. Like this team could still make the playoffs. And I don't know if they're going to go ahead and just give Mullins the keys to the Cadillac here and have him whizzing it all over the football field here on the road. I think the Vikings can go ahead and play this close to the vest, look to grind the clock down, uh, try to use their running game. I do have concerns here for Minnesota. I mean, they have injuries, not only to the quarterback, but Jefferson probably won't play. At least I don't think he's going to. And the running back in Madison's banged up. So there are concerns here all over for the Vikings offense. And I think if there are concerns, you look to go ahead and run the ball a little bit more. So I'm going to go ahead and do a double pick here on Nick Mullins under 238 and a half passing yards and under 35 and a half attempts. That's where I'm at for that game. 
What do you got, Steve, for your two picks? Yeah, I'm behind here, so I'm going to do something that you know I wouldn't suggest normally, but I, it's a play, both plays I certainly like, but they're certainly correlated as well. So if I'm going to win one, I'm probably going to win both. If I'm going to lose one, I'm probably losing both. Uh, I'm going to go Jared Goff under 258 and a half passing yards versus Denver. I'm going to go over Montgomery 66 uh, rushing yards uh, against Denver as well here. And, and it's the same thing. We talked about it previously. You know, Denver wants you to run the ball. They're going to invite you to run the ball. They're going to try to take the pass away over the top. Jared Goff has not been playing well, has been uh, turning the ball over. And I think that the Lions are going to look to rein him in a little bit and make him more of a game manager. And certainly you're going to be able to do that with these line uh, running backs, you know, and, you know, Montgomery has lost some touches to uh, uh, the, the rookie uh, in, in the backfield. But frankly, you know, when it comes to a game where it's neutral state or if they're ahead, Montgomery has been getting a lot more carry. So I do like him over that 66 and a half. Um, and I would anticipate that going up closer to 70 by uh, kickoff. And, and with Goff, again, 258 is a lot. I, I think they're just conservative in this one. I think they can get the win by playing it and not turning the ball over, keeping it on the ground. They're going to get the win. I think they're going to cover the four. And I think Jared Goff goes under and Montgomery goes over. All right. So there are Steve's two picks. You guys got my two picks. How about you there, Uncle Dave? What do you got? Well, I got a pick and a half, Sleepy, because um... – I I had to listen to your Nick Mellon's under two thirty eight and a half, and in fairness, I bet Nick Mellon's over two twenty four and a half about I don't know earlier today. I don't I've lost track of time, so I don't want to I don't want to renege that. But it makes it hard to give it up now. It's fourteen yards difference. I mean, the reason I did that was I I suspect the Bengals will be playing from behind. I do think Jefferson plays. And the Bengals have a terrible pass defense as it is. So at 238 and a half, I won't steal your thunder there. So rather than look for another pick, I'll just tell you what I bet early uh, and disagree. At 238 and a half, it would be tough. I would have to take the under and agree with you, uh, Sleepy. But uh, my other pick, um, aside from that, was uh, Austin Eichler, uh over 26 and a half receiving yards. Now, he had 49 last week against the Broncos, but if you look at the Chargers' last few games, um, you know, up in New England, they didn't target him much. He had two receptions. And, you know, at Green Bay, when they when they should have, could have, would have won, he had two targets. And, you know, the other three games in there, he said four for 48, five for 32, and, and five for 59. And, you know, it's Easton Stick, and and I can see him dumping the ball off out of desperation uh, on more than one occasion. So I took Eagler over 26 and a half um, receiving yards. And interesting note that his rushing and receiving yards, I, I, I think, were over 77, um, but his rush was like 40. It was like a it was like 46, so I mean, uh, 56 rather. So there was like a like a five-yard difference if you if you played them separately, the one you really liked, rather than combining them. So, you know, that's how books are going to get you, just throwing that out there. All right. Good stuff there from Uncle Dave. There's our six picks for you guys for our player prop contest this week. Uh, nothing wrong with you going ahead playing Mullins over there, Uncle Dave. I I had a feeling like I was getting it at, like, the high point. I don't know how it could go any higher. So, you know, you got the best number. I'm, I'm thinking I probably got the best number for the for the under there. So we'll see. 
Maybe you can go ahead and, and hit the middle there, and we both end up cashing that one. So that'll wrap up our picks for the player prop contest. Let's go ahead and let's throw it over to our resident meteorologist, David Gessler. Yeah, well, Steve kind of already mentioned it, you know, what what's going to be down in South Florida. Um, you know, they're going to have 20-mile-an-hour pretty steady moderate winds, and it's also going to be fairly humid. So one of the reasons I like the Miami team total under was because of that. So, I mean, that's that that's just another reason why the game's going to stay under, but it's all the way down to 37. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it, it looks like it's a no-doubter. I think the rain will be gone by kickoff. Uh, it's going to rain in the morning, but I think – I think the rain will be gone. It's just going to cool off and be quite windy. Um, a couple other games where there's issues. Um, the Patriots game, probably not. Um, but keep an eye out because it's supposed to start raining late. If it, if it comes in any earlier, you might see some some precipitation early, um, which would help that under as well. Um, Buffalo, not going to snow yet, but uh, it is going to be moderately windy. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of turnovers there, actually. And, you know, with Josh Allen, we see them anyway. So uh, that would probably make me look at some interception props. Um, Nashville, um, quite probably going to be raining for the Titans game. Um, moderate wind. Uh, Cleveland, uh, moderately windy, 15 to 20 miles an hour. And there were a couple more. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, you might see some rain in that game. Uh, so that would uh, probably favor Cincinnati. I don't know how you really look at that any other way. Uh, but we don't have cold snow yet, Sleepy, maybe next week. All right, so there's the weather there from our resident meteorologist, David Kessler. So it over to our doctor, Steve there. Steve has the injury update. What do you got? Yeah, you know, we don't have any buys this week, so we do have a lot of games. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more concise this week. You know, Keenan Allen looks like he is going to be out. So I think that really limits that offense, especially with Easton Stick there instead of Herbert. So um, I don't anticipate a lot of scoring in that game. You know, Josh Jacobs has a quadricep injury. Uh, I would imagine he's going to play. I don't know how much it's going to be affecting him, but I also don't know how effective he will be uh, playing in that one. It looks like Justin Jefferson is going to play. Um, So that would be a boon to that offense. And with Nick Mullins going back in there, you know, he's going to throw the ball on time a lot more so uh, than the previous regime there. So I would anticipate Justin Jefferson having a good game in that one. And it looks like Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase should both play. I know they were limited. They are listed on the injury report as questionable, but I wouldn't anticipate them playing in this one. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a knee injury and did not practice. Uh, That's an interesting one, something to keep an eye on. I would anticipate that he does play. Who knows about Kenny Pickett here? Um, Isn't a candidate to play in this week's game, uh, but moving forward, he may be available next week. Jonathan Taylor's obviously out and not much more in that one. Uh, Moving over to the Denver and Detroit game, we also do not have many injuries in that. Uh, For Chicago and Cleveland, this is a big uh, big injury concern game for me. Uh, and, and it's mostly on the Cleveland side of the ball. Just a touch. DJ Moore uh, was questionable. He missed Wednesday's practice with an ankle injury that he did suffer in the last week's game. Uh, I would not anticipate him being out for this one, but if he is, obviously that is a major detriment to that team. Uh, for the Browns, there's not going to be a lot of names that you, you recognize for the injuries, but there's injuries on both sides of the ball for this team. 
So many players have already had season-ending, you know, uh, injuries that are impactful. And and as time progresses and more and more people get injured, they get thinner and thinner. And they're not household names, but even like Jerome Ford, you know, in a game that he should be able to run all over the field, he's not. He might not even play. And if he doesn't play, Kareem Hunt lacks that explosive. you know, output in the backfield. So I would anticipate Cleveland having difficulty moving the ball on offense in this one. Uh, moving forward, uh, the Godwin uh, was a non-participant uh, in practice on Wednesday. Uh, he is questionable. I don't know what to make of that. I, I highly doubt that he will miss the game. Uh, Watson did have a hamstring injury for Green Bay that kept him out of last week. That's something to monitor. But it looks like Aaron Jones should be back this week. Uh, For Houston, you know, major injuries here. C.J. Stroud has a concussion. We don't know if he's going to be able to play. He is not practicing right now, and I think that when you've seen some of these players come back a week after their injuries uh, to a concussion, they are practicing the week, and he is not at the moment. They could get Schultz back this week, but Nico Collins does not look like he's going to practice, and without those receivers uh, for Stroud or whoever is in the backfield there, whether it be – uh, Davis Mills or Case Keenum, I, if they don't have receivers to throw to, I don't know how successful they're going to be. They're going to have to rely on that defense. Uh, so I expect a low-scoring game in that contest. You know, for the Jets, Brees Hall is questionable, as is Corey Davis is out. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's moving the needle. Even Brees Hall has not been playing very well. So the, the downgrade for to him to the backup isn't that much. Tyreek Hill is questionable. That would be a concern, as is Mostert. Um, so a lot of that speed that we looked for, you know, especially in that uh, win game, you want to give it to your playmakers and have them, you know, run fast and make big plays. Uh, they might not have that explosiveness if they are injured. Uh, so that is something of a concern for Miami. Uh, for the Chiefs, Pacheco did not practice with that shoulder injury. Uh, for the Patriots, Juju Smith-Schuster questionable, Stevenson questionable, Douglas questionable, Parker questionable. So many players on that offensive side of the ball that are injured, and they are not very good offensively to begin with. It would be difficult for me to back the Pats in this one. Uh, Moving over to the Saints, you have uh, Williams, that is questionable, Olave, and Rashid uh, Shahid. So, again, that a lot of – We've seen lower scoring games and you see a lot of injuries right now on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think you're going to see more scoring this week. Uh, I would anticipate lower scoring games and moving forward. You know, there's not as big substantial injuries that we are are concerned about, but really look at that Denver, uh, that, that Cleveland game with both sides of the ball being injured. You know, I guess one other thing I'll, I'll touch on is Kincaid is injured a little bit. He's questionable. So if he does not play, that would be a, a different mindset kind of for that Buffalo game. If he's not there against that Dallas team when they need to put up points, that could be a concern for Josh Allen as well that we did not discuss earlier. All right, good update there from our doctor, Dr. Steve. Uh, there's all the injuries you guys need to know for this upcoming weekend. And as you guys could hear, it is now time for the Sheeps pick of the week. Sometimes you guys go ahead and you, you reach out to me. You're like, you know, who was the second Sheeps pick this week? Well, go ahead. I'll give it to you. And right now it was the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders is not the Sheeps pick of the week, but the Raiders were uh, a close second. Seems like nobody wants anything to do here with the Chargers. Uh, but the money and the ticket count here on the Raiders, uh, it, it really was, it was kind of split. But, I mean, I haven't heard anybody on the Chargers, so... Uh, that was one strong consideration, but the pick here, and I don't think that anybody's really going to enjoy this one. It's actually the Rams. The Rams are the Sheep's pick of the week. I would, I don't know if I would be with the Sheep's on this one. Um, I don't know if I'd be against them either. 
right now the Rams are getting like 90% of the tickets and like 90% of the money on this game. It's a, it's a little worrisome. I think, what are they laying, like six and a half points here to the Commanders? I mean, the Commanders aren't very good, but at times that team just shows up. And I think we went ahead and we made the Sheeps pick against the Commanders. It may have been a couple of weeks ago, and I, I remember that they didn't show up in that game. I think they actually got blown out. So uh, It might have actually been against Miami, actually, now that I think about it. But, um, yeah, so Sheep's pick of the week is going to be the Rams there. Uh, I'll be on the sidelines for that one for sure. And with that done and out of the way, it's now time for our three-team betting predator parlay. Um, I don't want to go ahead and take uh, – I don't want to take any responsibility for us not cashing that last week. I really think we would have cashed last week had Tyreek Hill not gotten hurt. So, uh, good pick there from you, Uncle Dave. You were 2-0 with them last week. You had, uh, I think you had a team total, and uh, I think you also had a side or something like that in that one. So good job on your end there, Uncle Dave. Hopefully we can go ahead and get a winner here this week. I'll throw it to you there, Uncle Dave. Since you were 2-0 last week, hopefully you go ahead and kick in another winner there this week. What are you thinking? Well, you might have to hold your breath. I'm going to take Steve's New York Giants plus six points at the Saints. Um, yeah, they've won three straight. they got a little bit of confidence going on. Um, I think they could still finish 9-8 and if I'm not mistaken, Steve. Uh, I don't know that they will, but... As long as they think they can, they can. And it's really also a bet against the Saints. I mean, you know, they beat Carolina 28-6, to but their struggles in the red zone have just been uh, they've been well-documented. Uh, they just suck in the red zone, and most teams that don't have a good tight end do suck in the red zone. And I don't think that uh, if the Saints get ahead, uh, they can get margin. So give me the New York Giants plus the six points. And I've noticed a couple books that's already down to five and a half. So I'm feeling good about that. All right, so Uncle Dave, we're going to go ahead and kick in Steve's New York football Giants and their bright, shining star quarterback in DeVito. How about you, Steve? What do you think? Yeah, it's just to touch on the uh, Giants game there. You know, I was kind of in the same vein as Dave. You know, I was looking at that four and a half to start and was curious what direction it would go in. It did receive some professional money that pushed it back up to six here. But, you know, everything that Dave said is accurate. You know, the Giants are finding ways to win the game and the Saints – no, their score last week was not indicative of that game. They, they didn't play particularly well. Um, the only thing that I would be a little bit nervous about is the Wink Martindale's blitzing style defense uh, and, you know, captain check down there for the Saints, you know, passing the ball to Kamara on those screenplays. They like to do that all day long. It could leave the Giants a little susceptible. But, you know, six points is such a large number. I wouldn't be shocked if they won the game. I have not played the Giants yet, but that is certainly something I've been taking into consideration. Uh, but moving over to uh, my, my part of the parlay here, uh, you know, and it's against you guys. So I, I I'm going to apologize in advance. I, I like Detroit. I, we talked about it earlier. I just think that they're going to be able to, to get the job done here, hand the ball off, play conservative, not turn the ball over. And I, I just think it goes right into uh, what Denver's the weakest at. The strength of Detroit's offense is Denver's weakness. And although Detroit is susceptible uh on their defense, you know, Denver can't take advantage of it. They, they're not a big play type of team. They're going to try to check it down, play action passes. Uh, maybe they'll look for Court and Sutton, uh, Sutton over the top every once in a while. But Jerry Judy has been a disappointment. And I don't think they have the weapons really to keep pace with this Detroit team. So give me Detroit minus four. All right, Steve, going to go ahead and kick in Detroit minus four. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put a money line pick here on the Atlanta Falcons. So it's either going to have to kick in a minus 160 money line here on Atlanta. Uh, that the, Atlanta's loss last week was was tough. Uh, it was tough on me. I really liked the Falcons there last week against the Buccaneers. But after watching Atlanta, um, 
their defense is actually really good. Like they have a, a, a very good defense. Um, the Carolina Panthers offense is absolutely terrible. Bryce Young has absolutely no time. And I, I don't want to go ahead and throw him under the bus yet. I mean, we've seen younger quarterbacks kind of grow out of, you know, terrible offenses, terrible offensive line, terrible coaching. I think that that's one of the, uh, well, I don't want to say one, uh, multiple things here that, that Bryce Young's dealing with. But I know it's kind of like, hey, it's it's uh, maybe one of our last chances to win the game, but this team's just not that good. And Atlanta's still in the race, you know, to go ahead and make the playoffs, to go ahead and win this division. And what I saw from Desmond Ritter last week in the Atlanta Falcons offense was actually encouraging. I think what I think what the issue with Ritter is that he just do, does a bunch of dumb shit and he makes a lot of like bad plays. And it's, you know, one play here, one play there, one play there. It's like, oh, man, you made three bad plays that absolutely turned the game uh, inside out. And he did that last week against the Buccaneers where he was turning the ball over in the red zone. I think he threw a pick six there last week as well. I think he can avoid that again, you know, going into this week against the Panthers. So I think Atlanta circles the wagons. I think they realize that they have a half-decent team, you know, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot. And the Carolina Panthers on both sides of the football, uh, I don't think that they do that to you. So I'll go ahead. I'll kick in the Atlanta Falcons here, minus the 160 on the money line for our three-team betting predator parlay. It's not time for a promotional. Uh, You guys know where to go ahead and find Steve. You guys go over to bettingpredators.com. Sign up for the Discord. You guys can get all Steve's picks uh, for the week. You guys can get his early releases, or his game day, his game day releases as well. And as for Uncle Dave and myself, you guys got to go over to pregame.com. Check out, check out Uncle Dave and myself. Uh, I'm currently on a red hot run right now, like eleven and one. And I know Uncle Dave uh, is hot in, in something or another. He's always got something brewing. College basketball, NFL, NBA, whatever it might be. College football bowl games coming up as well. So check us out over there at pregame.com uh, with that said let's go ahead and let's get into our best bets uncle dave i'll go ahead i'll kick it to you first your best bet for nfl week number 15 what do you got yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take a derivative off of a game that we really like here i mean i like the rams team total um i expected it to be about 28 and, and that's about where it is um you can get 27 and a half at DraftKings for minus 130 and the rams offense they they, they put up 31 or more in three straight games, and, and two of which were against elite defenses, and that's something the commanders aren't bringing to California. In fact, they're, they're the worst points-per-game defense in the NFL, and, and even worse lately. Uh, granted, they've played Dallas and Miami, but they also let the Giants score 31 points, and how did that happen? Well, Sam Howell threw three interceptions, uh, and they put the ball on the ground three times, so, you know, I, I don't I don't know how that changes a whole lot here. I mean, and the Rams have converted red zone chances to TDs, uh, and I've got at a 71% clip over the last three games. And, you know, the Redskins, uh, commanders are playing out the string. They're four and nine. They could well end up four and 13 looking ahead. Um, the Rams are, aren't eliminated. They got three winnable games starting this week. Washington's allowed 29 or more in five of six. The one they didn't was the Patriots. So that lack of scoring defense only continues this week. I like the Rams team total over. All right. So Uncle Dave, going to go ahead and take a look at the Rams team total over. Steve, your best bet for NFL Week 15. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go over to uh, the Chicago Bears, and, and it's a game that I gave out previously uh, at plus three and a half. So if, if you are looking for our plays, come over to Discord. You get a better number than you're getting right now. But, um, you know, at, at three, I still like it, and that really has everything to do with Cleveland. They, they're just banged up right now. Uh, and, fra- frankly, I, I think Joe Flacco's, you know, success has been great, and it's been a great story, uh, been fun to watch. But, 
you know, it's going to come to an end at some point. Everybody saw him on the Jets previously. He he, he is forever old. Uh, he's making Tom Brady almost look young at this point. So I, I do think that his his bloom will fall off his rose, which is an expression I've used twice for the first time in my life tonight. Um, and Chicago on the other side of the ball is playing really good football right now. And defensively, you know, they are a team that is playing markedly better than they played earlier in the year. Their their secondary has come full circle. In fact, in the last few weeks, I believe they're, they're top five uh, in defensive EPA, which is unheard of compared to what they were at the start of the season. So even if they're not that good, they're, they're markedly better than what Cleveland has seen recently. And Joe Flacco has faced in, in his brief stint with Cleveland. So uh, to me, uh, you know, it, it's three points. I'm getting, I, I'm obviously on the road. It, it's a game that doesn't have great weather. I think that's a little bit better towards uh, Justin Fields. Uh, and frankly, I think that bears defense is going to be good enough to keep them in this game. If not win outright, um, despite Cleveland being in the, being in the playoff race, I, I like catching the three points here. All right. So there's Steve's best bet. Uh, my best bet, and I'm not in love with this one. I looked at the card here, and I'm just like, you know, what do I really, really like? Uh, the the Falcons on the money line would be one that I really, really like, and I think that this one probably qualifies too, and that's the Giants and the Saints under the total of 39. I talked how many times about this Saints offense. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, they just struggled to score points really against any team, and I don't think that I don't think that they're going to go out there and just blow up the scoreboard here against the Giants. The Giants actually have life, right? I mean, the, the people are talking about the playoffs, this, that, and the other. I think that's a little bit crazy, but, you know, we were how long ago were we talking about the Giants as the worst team in the league? You know, and give them credit. You know, they're beating bad teams, but uh, this is going to be a tough spot, I think, for the Giants on the road here. And you got to wonder if the Giants offense kind of shells up here, you know, being that there is pressure on them. And, and again, it, it's Danny DeVito's kid here. You know, I mean, what are you really going to get out of this guy on the road against the Saints defense that, you know, hasn't looked all that great outside of last week over the like the last like month, month and a half. I think the Saints defense shows up here. I think both teams shell up. I think they look to go ahead and use a lot of Kamara, a lot of Saquon Barkley. And I just don't think that these teams, especially if you get them in the red zone, are, are really going to be all that good. So 39 feels a little bit high. I feel like this should probably qualify maybe as one of the lower totals on the board this weekend. You know, 39 seems like a pretty good number. So I'll go ahead. I'll play that one under. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we see one of those ugly, you know, 10-6 type games, you know, 13-9 type games, something like that. I did, I just think this one struggles to get out of the upper 20. So oh, under 39 for me for the Giants and the Saints. That'll be my best bet. With that done and out of the way, let's go ahead and let's jump into our three amigos agreed pick. Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and introduce our pick this week. What are we going with? Yeah, we like the over 24 and a half in the Rams and Washington game. I just ran down my my synopsis of that game, and the Rams have been scoring. I mean, the, the last three games are averaging 18 points in the first half, which is up from 11.7 uh, going in. Uh, and Washington, um, they're going to have to throw. And if the Rams are vulnerable, it's on the back end. And I, and I think Washington's going to have to throw early. I, I don't necessarily agree that Washington should be sort of the – the sheep pick, if you will, knowing that um, the situation they're in. But I, I think they'll get 10, and the Rams will probably get 17 in the first half. Uh, we like the Washington uh, and, and Los Angeles first half over 24 and a half. All right, so there's Uncle Dave's take on that. Um, yeah, I don't know about this this commander's defense. I mean, is it the worst in the league? I mean, it's got to be pretty damn close. You know, they've given up 45 in back-to-back games, and then prior to that, I mean, they give up 31 points to the Giants. They give up 29 
to the Seahawks. I mean, this team's given up 29 or more points in four straight games. And we know they're coming off of a bye. You know, we were talking about situations a second there with Uncle Dave. I think that's one of the situational advantages that the commanders actually have. But I I don't think you can fix that defense. I mean, you can give them a month off. It's not going to fix the defense. But I think offensively, a bye week actually does you some good. It goes and gets the team on the same page. So I'm with you guys. I think that the commanders come in here, and they have nothing to lose. They're going to throw the kitchen sink. Don't be surprised to see some trick plays. I mean, what do they really have to lose in this particular game? Uh, I think that they go in and they hit the board. I wouldn't be shocked if they had 14 or 17. I think this game goes over to total for sure. And I don't know how the Rams uh, don't score points in this game. I think between, you know, Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, they'll go ahead, they'll get their points too. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that the, I think more than anything, I think that the bye week for the commanders actually helps them on the offensive side of the ball. So, Steve, I'll let you go and wrap up the pick here. What do you got? I'm going to give myself a little bit of a uh, another advertisement for betting predators here. You know, we gave it out uh, over 49 with 48 and a half still on the board. And you see this number ticked up to 50 and a half this afternoon uh, for the game total. And, you know, we're looking at you know, Caesars 20, over 24 minus 15, bet online minus 20, uh, you know, bookmaker minus 20. So there's value in just the aggregate of having the half uh, versus the whole game. So if you're looking to bet this, I, I would definitely look at that. Obviously I like the derivatives that uh, Dave mentioned earlier as well, but you know, everything you said, uh, you know, sleep even about coming off the bye with Washington uh, being more effective on offense and Sam Howell has moved the ball and the Rams are susceptible on the back end. So I do think he's going to take those chances. He's not a quarterback that is going to be reined in. He's going to throw the ball down the field to take those chances. That is obviously better for big points, you know, and on the flip side of it, the Rams are getting healthier. Nakua should be back to full strength this week and cup looks like he's always done uh, last week. So, I really think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think they're going to be scoring early and often. Uh, full game total, half uh, derivative team totals. Those are all things I'd be looking for right now. Uh, but certainly at 24, which is such a key number for the half, and, and it's a, a better derivative than the full game total is uh, based on just cutting it in half. I mean, Jesus, I, we're getting a, a full point and a half here, in my opinion, on a key number for the half. So over 24 sounds great. All right, well, there you guys go. There's our three agreed pick. You guys got our betting predator player prop contest picks. You got our four big games there, the weather, the injuries. You guys got everything that you need in our sheep's pick of the week. Uh, hopefully you guys do well for NFL week number 15. Uh, like we mentioned there in the beginning, coming down to the wire here. So uh, some of these podcasts are going to get uh, a little bit more intense, I would I would expect. Hopefully uh, we go ahead and we knock out some winners for you guys. You guys know where to find us on Twitter uh, at SleepyJ underscore pregame, at Dave underscore Essler, at AvoidTheVig. Make sure you guys go ahead and like, subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at TheBettingPredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, Pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>